morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. We uh, dedicate this class to our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land, especially those on the front line. We all the wounded have a full speedy recovery. We all the hostages return home safely. Nishmas, Hamas ben Vita, and the mission of the Nachmur Moshe and the Foshlem Perel Bas Miriam. So we left off at the mission on the bottom of 108b. Zog the Eliki the owner asked, this Bailey is custodian new. I'm back home. Please give me back the object I gave you to watch. I'm a lay. So the custodian says, of it, it's lost. She says, Mashpiachni, you have to swear to me that it's indeed it's lost. He, he affirms it's an affirmation, so like he himself swore. And then the witnesses come. Them and they testify that it wasn't never lost. <laughs> he, he ate it. So Mishalem, he has to pay, Ken. he has to pay the principal. Um, you only pay the principal. Why the principal swear was stolen? He swore that it was lost. And turns out that he stole it and he ate it. So he only pays the principal. If he comes clean, if he confesses that he st- that he stole it, Shalom Keren. Not only does he have to pay the principal on top of it, he has to pay twenty percent, which is really twenty five percent of the principal. You add it on top, it comes out to twenty percent. And Oshim, you have to bring a guilt off. What if Hechem If the owner says, "No, where's the item?" He asked the custodian, the Bailey, where, where's the item? He asked him to watch. Amalei says, Nignav. He said, he claims it was stolen. Mashbiachani, swear to me. Amar Amin, he affirms, affirmation. Amin, as if he himself swore. And then, when the witnesses come and testify, that he himself stole it. He swore falsely. Then you have to pay double. If you claim that it was stolen, and then it turns out you're the thief, you have to pay double. In the first case, he claimed it was lost. Even though he stole it, fine, so you pay the principal, you don't pay careful. In this case, you pay double. If he confesses, he comes clean himself. Shalom Keren, he has to pay the principal, on top of it, 20%, and Arsham the Gilda. Mishnah continues, what, in a ca- what about a case he steals from his father? He swears to his father that he never stole it. The father dies. After the father's death, he comes clean and he confesses that he swore falsely. That he, he did steal it. And now you have to pay the principal and the 20% and the guilt offering. So who does he pay it to? He only has to pay to the father. But the father is the father's estate. He inherits. He's an inheritor. That is a mashalim. To the other, his brothers. He can't keep it himself. He says, okay, I have to give it to my father, but now my father died. I inherited, so I'm going to keep it. No. He has to give it to the brothers. Or his uncles. You can't claim that I'll keep it. Because since the Torah obligates you to return it, so you, have to, you have to get rid of it. You have, to, you have to pay. You have to dig into your pocket and you have to pay. You can't keep it. It's not an option. You, won't, you don't achieve an atonement until you, you pay. So you have to take it out of your pocket. It has to be a loss to you, out of your pocket expense, and give it to someone. Either your brothers or your uncles. He may need right. 
He doesn't want to. <laughs> I inherit it. It's my money. Well, he doesn't have any money. So what should he do? So Leiva, he borrows the amount that he has to return the, the, the principal plus the 20%. He borrows. And he takes the money and gives it to his brothers. And then the brothers could pay his debt. They can pay his debt for him. Instead of him paying back the, uh, the lender, they can pay his portion for him. Because paying the debt is not the same as holding on to the money. He paid, he paid back. He borrowed, so he was like out of pocket, and he paid, and he took, and he paid the, he, he paid the brothers. But when it comes to paying back the debt, he doesn't have to pay the debt. The brothers can pay his portion of the debt for him, and um, and we're fine. A similar case, someone says to his son, "Kainim yet an enemy He swears you're not gonna, you're not to benefit from my property. A person has a right to make a nether, an oath, which becomes like sacred. To say that my property is sacred to you. You can't eat it, you can't benefit from it. Just like you can't touch anything that belongs to the temple treasury, to the Hashem. So a person has the power, so he, he makes a nether, an oath, that his property to his son is sacred and he can't eat a benefit from it. So amazed, if the father dies, what do we do? Could the son inherit the father's estate or not? He doesn't have Even though he's enjoying it. Because the, the prohibition was while I'm alive. The father meant while I'm alive, you can't benefit from it. Now that he's gone, the son legally inherits the property and he's allowed to enjoy it and benefit. But what if he spells out, if we continue in 109a, the father spells out that I'm making an oath that my property is forbidden to you, not only in my lifetime, but even after I pass. See, he can't inherit it. Because it's prohibited, it's offline for him, it's sacred. Yeah. So either he gives it to his son, to his children, because the father only said it's to you, it's sacred, not to. Or to his brother. He has, he, can't, he has nothing to eat. He's desperate. He's relying on his father's estate and the inheritance. What do we do? So Leiva he can borrow. He can borrow money, take the money and live off that money. And the lenders can collect from the estate. Because paying uh, paying a debt is not like money. It's not the same as as I'm not benefiting. It's like indirect. I'm not benefiting directly from the estate. The estate. No, I'm not you're just collecting the loan from the estate, and that's fine. Let's say he doesn't have any brothers, he doesn't have any uncles, there's no one to give it to. He has to fulfill the mitzvah of reaching into his pocket and paying to atone for his sin. So therefore, he can give it even, he can give it, he can even give it to the Chabaras. 
give it to Tzedakah. He doesn't hold on to it. He has to get rid of the money. So, so you can give it to Tzedakah. He has to tell them, don't think I'm being so generous. The reason why I'm giving you a check you never heard from me before is because it's my father's stolen money that I stole from my father. You should know that this is the theft from my father that I have to repay, so I'm giving it to you, I'm giving it to charity. Amai, why, why does he pay, give the money to Tzedakah and Nimchel and Nafshi? If, if he's the only child, why can't he just forgive, forgive the loan? Doesn't have to pay anything. Didn't we learn in the Mishnah, we learned earlier, in the Mishnah, that there's a possibility where the owner, someone stole from someone. The owner says, I forgive you. You don't have to pay back the principal. <coughs> but he doesn't, he doesn't forgive on the 20%. But the, the principal, he forgives. Or, that it's possible that you don't have to pay it back. Taylor says you have to pay back as long as the owner doesn't forgive you. But it's an option. The owner can say, I forget, you know, forget it. I forgive you, it's done. And then he has an atonement. It's okay. So since he's the owner, he inherits from the father. So he, and he says, I'll just forgive the loan. I'm forgiving myself. <laughs> Someone said, there's no mitzvah to pay. Why does he have to give money to tzedakah? It's not a question. The opinion that said that you could forgive the previous mission, that's the opinion of Rabbi Yisrael Our mission, it says, it's not an option to forgive. You must pay. You must reach into your pockets. And you have to pay. And since you can't pay, so you have to give to someone. There's no one to give to because you're the only inheritor. Your father died already. You stole from your father. There's no one to give it to. So then give it to Tzedakah. That's the opinion of Rabbi Kiva. Tanya, we learn the Baraiz. The main Le'ish Goyil, Lahashibaj. It says if a person, if a person doesn't have an inheritor, how is it possible? There's no Jew in the world who doesn't have an inheritor. You go all the way back to Yaakov, there's always a relative. Yeah. Again. Convert has no relatives. And let's say he has no children. So if you stole from a convert and there's no one to return it to, the, the convert died. So it says that you give it to the coin. You give it, you give it to the coin. Uh, How is it possible? Is there a Jew who doesn't have a goyal? A relative? I was talking about you stole from a get. If he stole from a get and he swore to him. Swore falsely that he didn't steal from him. Again, and, then, and then he comes clean. He hears that the gear passed away, died. He heard that the gear guy, what does the Taylor say? What do you do if the gear dies and there's no one to pay it to? Because there's no one to return to, there's no inheritor. No, you have to bring it to your Shalayim, you have to give it to the Kain. Give it to the Kain. So he went to Yerushalayim, he took his principal, he took the 20%, he took the Chaymish, he took the Ashram, the guilt offering, is going to Yerushalayim to do, take care of all three. And then, who does he bump into? Miracle of miracles, wonders of wonders, the convert is alive and well. 
He says, the, the reports of my death are premature. <laughs> Exaggerated. Exaggerated. So he says, okay. So he said, okay, so I owe you. So he said a time, okay, now you have to pay me. So pay me, I'm giving you a deadline till this, this time you gave me. Umeis, and before he had a chance to give the gear, when he had the money on him, why didn't you just give him the money? Maybe he gave it already to the Kainim. I don't know. Anyway, the gear, the gear died before he had a chance to pay him. Now, he gets to keep. The one who swore falsely, the thief, gets to keep the money. Because now, since he said that it's a loan, it's like a personal loan. I'm giving you 30 days to pay me. So now it's no longer a theft. Now it's just a personal loan, a private loan between two people. There's no one to pay it to. If I borrow from a convert and he dies and there's no inheritors, I get to keep it. I have to. I get to, I get to keep it. Kiva argues, says, no, he doesn't have an atonement. There's no, not, nothing that can fix him or help him. The Torah says he has to take it out of his pocket. He has to pay. And therefore, since he can't pay the gear, he has to give it to the Kohen. According to Rabbi Yaisi, he could forgive. He just, he, just like he can forgive the others, the owner could forgive the, law, the obligation of others, he can forgive himself. So too, in our case, that's our mission. No, I'm sorry, that, that's the other mission. In other words, you can forgive. He can forgive others and he can forgive himself. That's what the Mishnah says. So according to that Mishnah, you would be, according to Abiyah you would be able to forgive himself. Like he, he stole from himself. his father. Like he stole from his father and he inherits. He's the boss now. Who's he going to pay himself? Take out one packet and put it in the other packet? So he forgives himself and that's it. He doesn't have to pay. <clears throat> well, Rabbi Kiva, according to Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva holds, you can't forgive. What's you can't forgive to yourself and you can't forgive to others. What's the difference, Rabbi, there? He pays the father, which is his own anyway, or he doesn't pay the father, which... What's the difference? No, no the question is, to achieve an atonement, as the Torah say, you have to, you have to pay. But if you have to pay, you're just taking four and pocket money. No, no, he doesn't, he doesn't do, it doesn't help. That's why he says, he's give it to tzedakah, give it to your brothers, oh. give it to your uncles. There are no brothers, uncles, give it to tzedakah. You have, but you have to pay. Okay. Otherwise, there's no atonement. And according to Rabbi Kiva, the owner cannot forgive you either. What does it help when he forgives you? I need a forgiveness from Hashem. There's no atonement unless I pay out of pocket. So it doesn't help. Rabbi Yisraeli says forgiveness helps and then there's no difference. What's the difference if someone else forgives? Or the, the owner is still, the father is alive and he forgives or he, he died and I forgive myself. I pardon myself. What difference is The truth is, even if he didn't say it's a loan, when the, even if he didn't say it's a loan, he didn't make it into a loan, turn it into a loan. When the gear dies, no. He says, you have to pay me, fine, so I have to pay you. But then when the gear dies, there's no one to pay to. So he forgives himself and he's done. Why then does why then does the Brises say that he made, turned into a loan? Well, what difference does it make? It doesn't add anything. 
Even if he doesn't turn into a loan, I have to pay you. You're alive, and then he dies, and I'm, I'm, I'm. No, because then he would have to give it to the lady, to the koyin. One second. Um, what do you mean? He has to, he has to give it to the koyin. He's coming to tell us that Rabbi Kiva's opinion, how extreme Rabbi Kiva's opinion is. Even though he turned it into a loan, it's no longer a theft. He doesn't have an atonement until he must pay it out. Answer. It's not a contradiction. One mission is following Rabbi Yisrael The previous mission that says he could be forgiven follows Rabbi Yisrael Our mission that says he can't be forgiven and he has to pay. And if he doesn't have a brother or an uncle to give it to, he has to give it to Tzedakah. That follows the opinion of Rabbi Kiva. The master of Rabbi Sheish is asked, if that's the case, if that's the case, that according to Rabbi Yisrael you can always forgive. Either someone else forgives you, the owner forgives you, or if he dies, if it's your father and he dies, or if it's a convert, you forgive yourself. And according to Rabbi Kiva, forgiveness never helps. You can't forgive yourself, and others can't forgive you either. The Torah obligates you to pay, so it's difficult. Rabbi Yisrael Why doesn't Rabbi Yisrael teach me even a bigger thing? He can forgive himself. Uh, something more novel. Something more extreme, more innovative. Why does he give me an example? That the convert forgives him, someone else forgives him. He should say he forgives himself. The previous mission, why is the previous mission to say that someone else could forgive, the owner could forgive him? He can forgive himself. And in the case of a father, if he inherits his father, or a case of a convert. And Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva, Shaminon, if you tell him, Rabbi Kiva holds, he can't forgive himself, and that's why he has to pay the brother, the uncle, or give it to Tzedakah. He should have, he should have taught me this law in a more novel way, even something more novel, more extreme. Even others can't forgive you. Even the owner, it's not my father, he's not a convert, he's alive, he can't forgive me because the tater says you have to pay. It's, it's, it's like a religious duty. It's nothing to do. He does forgive. Not, it's not a financial issue anymore. It's an issue of atonement. How much more so if someone else can't forgive you, can't forgive his own money, how much more so you can't forgive yourself? Rather, Rav says, he argues with Rabbi Yechanan. He says, Both missions, Rabbi Yechanan. When does Rabbi Yisrael says a loan could, I mean, the, the, the theft could be forgiven, the principal could be forgiven, the owner could forgive someone else. You, one person could forgive the other person. The owner could forgive the thief who lie, who swore falsely. But he holds, he can't forgive yourself. Can't forgive. Like it says now, Mish. Elamai. So why then does the Braise say Zocha love Mashiach? Why then, if the convert dies in the case where he thought he dead, and he calls Yishlaim, he bumps into him, then he turns out he's alive and he wants to keep the money. He says, "I know I designated the money already to pay you, but to give to the coin." But you know, now I'm Yishlaim already. Let me spend the money. I'll give it to you. And then the guy really dies for real. Dies for real. So the Braise says, says he gets to keep it. Why? Why should he get to keep it? You just said you can't forgive yourself. So yes, the gator is out of the picture. He has no inheritors. And it's like ownerless, but you can't forgive yourself. The answer is, because he switched it, he changed it. He changed the terms. From a theft, he turned it into a loan. He says, you know what, okay, really I should pay you right now, but you know what, give me a loan, I'll pay it to you in 30 days. 
So now it's a loan. He already paid back. He already achieved the atonement and he turned it into a loan. He says, okay, I'm giving you the money. Here, take it back from me. You'll give it to me in 30 days. A loan? A loan, you can forgive yourself. It's ownerless. There's no, there's no one to claim. There's no claimant. So then that you can keep. There's no atonement anymore. It's not a question of atonement. I already gave him the money. I designated the money. I bumped into him. I had the money. He said, you know what? You need the money. Keep it for 30 days and he pays. So now it's nothing to do. There's nothing to do with the theft anymore. Now it's an independent loan. A loan could be forgiven. I mean, it's, 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 there's no one to figure. It's over. Rav uh, argues. He gives a different explanation. He says, Both missions followed Rabbi Kiva. Who, when did Rabbi Kiva say you can't forgive yourself in the case of the convert, when he bumps into the convert and then the convert dies for real the second time? <laughs> and then he says he can't. Why? Because he can't forgive yourself. You could forgive, others could forgive you. That's the previous mission. That the owner forgives the ganav. So then he doesn't have to return it to him. He doesn't have to go to the end of the world to return it to him. He forgave him already. The principle. Even though he turned it into a loan, Rabbi Kiva said that's not a complete forgiveness. Even though it seems like he forgave him and now he says, okay, you just owe me. No. It, no, he just, he's just delaying the payment. So all he's saying is, I'm delaying the payment of the theft. That's all the owner is giving him an opportunity to delay the payment. Okay, you're here. You have the money already. You designated the money. I'm right here. Give me the money. You know what? I'm a nice guy. Let's delay the payment. I'll give you 30 days to pay it. You want to use the money, you're going to your shalim, you're ready here on the trip. Enjoy it. Feed the poor, you know, and, and, uh, and um, delay it. So all he's doing is delaying. He didn't forgive him. He didn't forgive him on the theft. And now it's a loan. No. He, he, yeah. So you might ask, McLeod, from Rava Week C, if you're saying there's an argument between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Yisraeli, according to Ravas, and if you're saying Rabbi Kiva agrees that a person could forgive the, the, the theft for the person lying falsely, and then he doesn't have to pay, he has an atonement without anything, he was forgiven. It's only he can't forgive himself. So Rabbi Yisraeli argues with him, you can say Rabbi Yisraeli holds that even he can forgive himself. How do you find a case of Gezel There's no such case. The Titus says, if you steal from a thief, from a convert, and you swear falsely, and he dies and he has no children, there's no one to inherit him, there's no family, he's all alone. What do you call it? A lone soldier, he's a lone Jew, he's all alone. He has nobody in the world. He dies. So it's ownerless, so you get to keep it. How could you say that? He forgives himself. He gets to keep what he needs. That's what the Titus says. You have to give it to the Kainim. If the, that's what the Titus is talking about. In Parshish Nasir, you have to give it, to, you have to, give it to, the, to the Kainim. If there's no one, there's no relative to give it to, to pay it to, so you have to take the principal and the 20% and the Chaymash and, and the Ashram, the guilt offering, and bring it to Yerushalayim and give the Kainim who happened to be, to be in the base of Migdash that week, who were running the base of Migdash that week. The lucky ones, they get, uh, they get all this money. But according to you, if you say that you can forgive yourself, then you should keep it. According to Rabbi Yisrael, who says you can forgive yourself, then, then you should keep it. How could you say you should keep it? Then, who, then why, why would you have to give it to the Kohenim? 
forgive yourself, and it's all done and finished. I don't need anything. I don't need any atonement anymore. I'm all good. I don't have to give, pay the coin. So when does the Torah say you have to give it to the coin? How are you going to find it? We're talking about the gazel as I gave a he, he stole from the convert and he swore to him falsely. They didn't steal. And the convert died. When did he come clean? When did he confess that he swore falsely? After the convert died already. The moment you admit that you swore falsely, at that moment, Hashem acquires. At that moment, you become obligated to pay, to achieve an atonement for swearing falsely, for stealing by swearing falsely. And therefore, that moment, the kind of acquire. But if you would have come clean, if you would have come clean before, confess, before the, the ger passed away, and you would have become obligated to pay the ger, and then the ger dies, the convert dies. Now it's, it's forget I forgive myself. I pardon myself. Okay. Boy, Ravina, Ravina inquired. He had the following question. Let's say you stole from a, a female convert and you swore falsely and then you confessed that yeah, yeah, you stole it, you swore falsely. But you, you confessed after she dies. Mao, what is the law? Do we say Ish Amarachmana? The Titus says in the Pasuk, Ish, we're talking about a man. That this law only applies if you steal from a convert, a male convert, not from a female convert. In the case of a female convert, you don't have to give it to the Kainim, you get to hold on to it. Even if you confess after she died. Dilma, perhaps, the Torah says, Ish, it's just the nature of the Pasuk. It's like, it's like he. When you say he, you mean only a he and not a she. You mean it's everyone. It's just, uh, I have to say once, I say he. But I mean a person. It doesn't, no difference. I'm later Ravana and Ravina. Ravana answers Ravina. Toshma, bring your proof. Tani will learn the Braise. Ish. In Lil Ish. Teddy says Ish. In that case of a, a convert, you steal from a convert and you, and you swear falsely. Or a convert, to, yeah, yeah. And it says Ish. I would think it only applies to a male convert. Ish, a female convert. Minayan. How do we know the same law applies? Do you have to give it to the Kayanim? She passes away. It says, Hamushav. It said already, Lahashiv. Mainly, Ish. Lahashiv. There's no person to return it to. So the Hashem, the principle, Hamushav, it has to be returned. Lahashem. Give it to Hashem, Lakoyan, to the Koyan. So he said, it's, it's, it's redundant, it's repetitious. The returnable principle. He said, why do you have to say it twice? So he's talking about two returns. One for a male, one for a female. It's coming to add that the same applies a female convert. Then why does it say ish? Specifically a man and not a woman. Because a man, you have to go searching if he has, if he has any sons. Maybe, you have to, maybe he does have an inheritor. Maybe you have to give it to one of his children. The father and the son don't have to be living together. You know, children are independent. The father... So if, if he's... He other relatives besides... He has no relatives. He's a convert. There's no relatives. He starts a clean slate. 
It's as if he's born. The moment he converts, he's born. He has no relationship, no connection. Even if his father, his non-Jewish father converts and his non-Jewish brother and sister converts, biblically he can marry his mother, he can marry his, his sister if they all convert. There's no relationship. He's a newborn child, no connection. No connection. What is the born after? He can marry his daughter, technically, biblically. There's no, there's no connection. He's a newborn person. But maybe he has sons, and the sons are not living with the fathers. You have to go searching. You have to do a search. Call a detective, do a search. Maybe he has a son somewhere in the world, and you have to give it to the son, not to the kain. But 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 and the are lasrach. You do a shame like it. He says, Taisu says, we're talking about if there was one witness. You don't swear because of his claim. There's no, a, a minor has no claim. He's not, he's not an adult. Can't take anyone to court. A minor can't take anyone to court. We, you know. But if there's one witness who testifies that the minor is right, so the Torah says it's a biblical obligation. If you're going against one witness, I'm not swearing because of the claim of the minor. I'm swearing because of the one witness, the kosher witness who's saying... Yes, that he gave you something to watch of his, and you took, and then, and now he's lying and swearing. It never happened. So, so then he has to swear. So, in such a case, you do it like You know, the minor convert doesn't have any children, can't have any children. He's too so, in that case, that's why he says ish, ish. He's not coming to exclude a woman. He's coming to exclude a minor, because the ish is someone who's bar mitzvah, who's, who's reached puberty, who's an adult, mature adult. Okay, found that the rabbis learned. Lashem Lakoyin. Taita says you have to return the principle Lashem to Hashem to the Koyin. Which comes to teach Misha Kone, Kone Hashem. Hashem acquires it. Really, you have to give it to Hashem. Hashem gives it. Hashem says, This money that you have to give to me is an atonement. Give it to the Koyinim who are serving the Beis Amigdash that week. No, 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 no. You say, you have to give it to the Kayin who are serving that week. Have a cousin. <laughs> have a son in law as a Kayin. I'll give it to him. Why should I give it to the. I have Avram Tzvi a Kayin. I'll give it to him. Why give it to strangers? When he says, it says, besides the ram, the guilt offering that you have to bring as an atonement. So he's saying that the same one you give the ram to, to offer an atonement, he should get the money. which are the koyanim who are serving that week in the base of English. So he gets the money, right, the mishmar of that week. So the same one you have to give the money. the rabbis learn if the thief is a koyin, why do I have to give it to other koyin? I'm also a koyin. Maybe he's working, he's working that week. <laughs> it's by Mishmar. I, I would get it if I'm working, so let me keep it. I'll give it to myself. I'll take it out from one pocket and put it back in the other pocket. And it makes sense. It's logically compelling argument. A priori. If with others. If others would bring a theft, right? Who's I would acquire it together with the other kind. My own. 
that I'm bringing to the table. If others bring it, I get a portion. my my own. Surely, again, I should I, I should get the whole thing. says in a different way. If sacrifices, the koyin doesn't belong. The sacrifices have no connection to the koyin until, till the sacrifices are offered. The koyin only enters the picture after they're offered. Also, every koyin could come and offer a sacrifice, even though. The, the Koyanim were doing the service in the temple that week. Any Koyan has a right, his own personal sacrifice, he can bring and he offers it and he gets everything. He gets his skin, he gets, uh, um, he gets everything. So a Koyan doesn't have a chalik, doesn't have a portion of sacrifices until it's given to him. And nevertheless, once it's given to him, if, if he belongs to the Kainim who are doing the service in the temple that week, no one can take it away from him. Whatever is given to the Kainim, it's his. So how much more so? Something that he has a portion of it before he brings it to the base of Mignos. Because it's a convert and he died. There's no one to inherit it. It's all this and it's in my package and now it's mine. How much more so? How much more so? Someone else, no one else should be able to take it out of his pocket. He should be able to keep it. The mother says, The mother pushes off this If you say something that he has no portion in it, that once it enters into his portion, he has, no one can take it away from him. Because no one has a portion in it. So there's no one to demand it from. So now that it's in his, there's no one to take it away from. Taimar, you're gonna say, you're gonna compare it to Gezo. So you should keep it when he steals from a convert. He should keep it. Just like he has a portion in it, they also have a portion. Equally amongst all the Koenim who are doing the service in the temple. If he's one of them, he gets a portion like a, like it was coming from everywhere else. But not more. He doesn't get more. Because they have the same access, the same portion as he has. They demand, there's someone to demand their portion. There, there's no one to demand. So therefore, there's no one to demand from him. In other words, there's no one who can demand it from him. In that case, because the Koyan, if a Koyan brings a carbon, it belongs to him. If the Koyan decides to give it to the 
They give it to the group, who's, 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 the Kayanim, his fellow Kayanim who are serving in the base of Megdosh. If he brings his own carbon, even if it's not his turn to do the service in the base of Megdosh, he doesn't have to give it to anyone. He can keep the whole thing to himself. So if he chooses to give it to the base of Megdosh, it belongs to all of them. What if, the third question, not to himself, not to, not to call him on, 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 on a job. It's a different coin altogether. You do that too? Yeah, yeah, you can give it to another coin. So, therefore, the moment he gets it, there's no one who could demand it from him. No one has a claim on it. He didn't have to give it in the first place to anyone. So, if he gives it to me, so I, I get to keep my portion. But in son in law. Yeah, but in this case, yeah. No, but yeah, but in this case, no. Either he keeps it himself, but if he gives it, whoever he gives it to, yeah, he gives it. So, he's serving until that week. Yeah, when he gives it to those who are serving that week, then it's his. But in the case here, they have equal claim to it. He can't keep it to himself. He has to give it to the to the kohenim who are serving. And therefore, he gets an equal portion like everyone else. So therefore, since the whole kavuchim is refuted, you have to divide it amongst the kohenim. Okay, what about the first kavuchim? He didn't respond to the first kavuchim. If from others, if a, if a theft of a of a convert. That's, that's from elsewhere. That's given to them. He has a portion. How much more so his own? He should, he should acquire the whole thing. But the answer is, we have a rule. When you have a Kabbalah Chaymer, you could only, you could only learn out... It can't be more than the source. Since in the source, when a gezel, the theft of a gez, is given to the kingdom, is divided, distributed equally... So to here, yes, it's you own it, but you can't you can't keep the whole thing. You have to divide it equally and distribute it equally. Your mother asks, Vaksiv. It says in the passage, that every kohen could bring his own sacrifice whenever he wants, even if it's not his designated week to do the service. So therefore, his guilt offering he could bring himself. How did you learn? Remember we learned? How did you learn? You learned the same one who brings the offering. He gets the money. So he can bring his own offering. It's his atonement. He can bring his own offering, so he should get the money. So you might have answers. You're right. In the case where he can bring his own offering, he keeps the money. When, the, when it says in Braise that he has to distribute it to the, all the Kainim equally, and he's one of them, to give it to all the Kainim who are working and doing the service in Temple that week, the Mishmar that week, talking about a case where he cannot bring a carbon because he's Tameh, he's impure. He can't bring a carbon since he can't bring a carbon, so he has no choice. The Kainim of that week have to offer the carbon. So since they're offering the carbon, they get the money as well. You're talking about a case of a kohen tamei. How do you explain Rabnasan? Who said Davish yesh lechelik ba? Think that he has a portion in it. The kavuchaimer. He said kavuchaimer. If he has, he has no portion. And nevertheless, once it's his, it's his. Once it's given to him, it's given to him, and no one else. No one can take it away from him. The law is right that since he can bring, I can bring my own carbon. I can give it to whoever I want. I give it to my son-in-law. I give it to my 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 the kailu member. I give it to whoever you want. He doesn't have to share it with the whole mishma. How much more so here, where they do have 
where where he does he does it belongs to him. He has a portion that even before it enters. What do you mean he has a portion? He can't have a portion because he can't bring the sacrifice. If you don't bring the sacrifice, if you're impure and you don't offer the sacrifice, he can't offer the sacrifice himself. You don't even get the skin of the sacrifice, the height of the, the height of the animal. So he says, how much more so in this case, where he has a portion even before he enters? How much more so? No one else should be able. So once it enters in his in his domain, how much more so? No one else should be able to take it out of his hand. A koyin tamei doesn't doesn't not doesn't enter into his domain. He doesn't even have anything of the animal. He doesn't get anything of the animal. Ella, rather, the mother says, Bryce is talking about a pure koyin. But the asiyala koyin lekoyin mistayachuzo. The reason, so how do we know that he has to give the money? He can't keep the money all to himself, and he has to distribute it amongst all the koyinim of that mishmar. Because we learn it out from Exeter Shava, code word. The Tzedek says lakoyin here, and it says also. Is a field that a person inherits from his father all the way back from the entered Israel. So then, if the owner sanctifies it to the temple, gives it away to the temple, makes it holy, gives it to the temple treasury, and the Gabai of the temple treasury sells it to others, deconsecrates it over money. So the money, they can use the money in the temple. What's he going to do with property? Real estate is not a real estate uh, build developer. So he sells the property and he takes the money and now the money is sacred and he, the money is in the temple treasury and now the property is deconsecrated. So the Torah says, when it comes Jubilee, whoever, and the owner does not redeem, does not redeem it, he leaves it in the hands of the one who bought it from the temple treasury. So it comes the year of Jubilee, we take it out, we take the property away from the buyer and we give it to the Kayanim who are doing the Mishmar that week. When the Jubilee falls, whoever, whatever group of Kayanim are doing the service, they get all this wealth, so all this real mishmar. estate. Yeah, that one Mishmar makes a lot of money. Whoever is the lucky one that falls out in the year of Jubilee, <laughs> wow. they're going to walk away billionaires. They're going to get all these properties and all this. It's kind of counterintuitive, don't you think? You know, yeah, but you know, you know, the other Kohenim family says Achuzase. It also says Achuzase. What do we see? Why does he have to say? It says Lakoyentia. It should be to the Koyen. Why does he have to add the word Achuzase, his portion? It comes to teach. How do we know that a field that goes to the Kohenim in the Jubilee and Gola and one of the Kohenim? Purchase it from the from the temple treasury. Who is the one who bought it from the temple treasury and deconsecrated the land to the money? And now the money is holy and goes to the temple treasury. And he gets the land. One of the koinim. One of the koinim was on the mishmar when the week that the, that, that the jubilee begins. So we in the koinim shouldn't say, since anyway, the what, what do you do? You take this land and you give it to the koinim. That are on this mishmar of that week, but I have it. I'm the one. I have it. So maybe I should keep it. Tefshuli. I don't have to divide it amongst all my all my fellow kohen. I'll keep it to myself. And medinu. It's a logically compelling argument. A priori, 
if a field that is that a Yisrael came and deconsecrated this uh, field and paid the the hekdish and took the field for himself, I get a portion of it in, in, in the jubilee. me if I own it even before it's mine. I'm the one who purchased it. I'm the one who deconsecrated the field. Like calls again. Surely I should keep. I should keep the whole thing. That's what it says. Meaning, when do we say? If it's achuzosoy, if it's. So it says, just like a stecher. That only. Only a steachuzo. Steachuzo means that you inherit it. All the way back from your father and his father, all the way back. But in this case, the Koyan, this is not your field. You didn't inherit it. You bought it. Just like a cherem, a stay cherem. If someone says, he excommunicates his fields, he says, I'm, then it's, I'm making it holy, so it goes to the Koyanim. So too, achuzosay, which field goes to the Koyanim? Only a field that's a stay It's his. Only a field that's a steachuza could be his. But this is not a steachuza, and therefore it's not his. You can't keep the whole field for yourself. You just, you just bought it. It's not yours. Okay, so what's the halacha? He has to give it back to the koyanim, and they all divide it equally, distribute it equally amongst the whole entire mishma. Koyan la koyan. So just like over there... You distribute it amongst all the koyanim, so to over here. In our case, the gezel ager, if the koyan is the thief, he's the one who swore falsely, and now he owns it, he has it, the, the convert died, he doesn't get to keep it, he has to give it to the koyanim, and he distributes it equally, and he gets a portion like everyone else. And the rabbis learn... How do we know the koyin How do we know that a koyin could come to the base of Migdash at any time and offer his own sacrifices? He doesn't have to share it. Not like Israel. Israel has to give it to the koyinim. It's not his choice. The mishmar of that week. But a koyin doesn't have to share it with anyone. He gets to keep it and he can give it to whoever he wants. No, no. From give it to any koyin. Let's say he doesn't want to do the service. He gives it to the koyin. Maybe he's coming. Yeah. It says, he can come whenever he wants. The says clearly, he can serve Hashem together with all the kainim that are there who are on duty. How do we know? That the meat and the skin, the hide, belongs to him. He doesn't have to give it. Not only he has permission to do the service. But all the benefit that comes from this uh, sacrifice, the meat that you're allowed to eat, and the skin, in the case of a burnt offering, all there is is skin, the hide. How do we know that he gets to keep it? That a person, his kadasha belongs to him. Okay, so why, why would the Pasuk have to tell me that it belongs to him? Titus speaking about him. Let's say if the Kayan was had a defect, he couldn't offer the sacrifice. He can eat from the sacrifice. He can eat. A balmum is allowed to eat from the leftovers, but he can't. He can't offer the sacrifices. So what does he do? 
So he, since he can't bring the sacrifices, you said before, he's tummy, another, he can't do the bamboom. He gives it to one of the kainu, he says, do me a favor, you offer the sacrifice for me. So since he can eat it, he's not a tummy. Since he can eat it, he gets to keep. He gets to keep the, the, the meat, it's all his, he doesn't have to share it with anyone. And he doesn't have to share the hide. We continue on 110a. If he was elderly or sick, which he could offer as a sacrifice, but he can't eat. He's too sick to eat. He's elderly, he can't eat. He gives it to any Kayan. He could give it to any Kayan. He can make an agent. No, in the first case, he can't give it to any Kayan he wants. He has to give it to the Kayan of, of the Mishmer. He can't give another Kayan that's not part of the Mishmer of that week. Because he can't make a Shliach. Since he himself can't do it, anything you can't do yourself, he can't make a Shliach. Since he himself can't offer the sacrifice because he has a defect, he can't just take a random Kayan who's not part of the Mishmer and say, You represent me. But since he could eat from it, so he gets to you. So one of the kainim of that mishma will offer it, but he will get all the benefit from it—the meat and the, the height. But if in a case where he could sacrifice, but he can't eat it, he's sick, he's old, but he can sacrifice. So he can make a shliach, appoint a, another kain who's not one of the mishmar, any kain that he wants, any kain in the world. But who gets the benefit, the meat, and this hide? Only the koinim of that mishma. Because again, because he's not in the position to eat it. He can't take it for himself. He can't give it to anyone else. Okay, to be continued. I don't want to